0: Let's Talk Crypto with Gabrielle Haynes. Hello, we are here with Jigsaw from Scene House. And I want to get into a little bit what Scene House is, who Jigsaw is, his involvement in the different communities across DeFi. We've been in touch, I guess, for a little bit at this point. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, have a conversation with you, see what projects you're working on and learn a little bit more about you. So
1: how are you doing today? Doing great, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you. You have me on here. Yeah. We've, we've been in touch for, for quite some time now, and I've kind of seen the, the channel grow a bit over the last few months. So excited to be on.
0: That's good. That's good. If we're growing, then something's, something's happening. Something's in the right of direction. Course. Of so, course. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Of course, uh, you're choosing to be anonymous for the time being. So, tell me, maybe why you made that decision, and and what you're le- share as much as you can about
1: you. Sure. Yeah. So, my my background is at more more of your typical tech startup, mostly in in business development roles. I've been involved in in the crypto space, mostly from just a investing trading standpoint for the past few years. And then in the fall, I I wanted to get involved and actually start contributing to projects. I'm not the best trader. I'm not even a decent trader. So I wanted to try to figure out different ways to actually contribute and both kind of earn crypto and just build a little bit of a network by actually working for various projects. So Started that out by, by writing this, the Wi-Fi Pulse newsletter. I had approached Kirby and, and asked him kind of, how do I get involved with Wi-Fi? He said, look, you could help me out with comms, write the, write the newsletter here. So started doing that for a bit. And then that ultimately led to my involvement in Scene House as well, where I help out with operations, communications, kind of a bunch of, of random different things.
0: Awesome. So let me... I want to, let's, let's first address the uh, Kirby, the Kirby situation, YFI. That's obviously very hot, hot topic, especially two, three months ago. Um, So yeah, tell me what, what, what attracted you to that community? Um, And, you know, why did you feel the urge to start participating?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I think that, you know, number one, I mean, that was like the first real like DeFi project I had invested in. I had taken a break from, from crypto in general during the, like right when kind of COVID hit, I was like, hey, like I, I don't want to really focus on like stocks anymore. I don't want to pay attention to crypto. I just want to try to maybe build a little side business while I'm stuck in quarantine here. And then all of a sudden I started peeking at the prices and I was like, what is going on? And, and I had read a little bit about DeFi at the kind of beginning of, of 2020. And then I, I realized I was like, oh shit, like it's actually, it's actually popping off. And then the first project I really kind of did a deep dive into was, was Wi-Fi. I'm like a subscriber to um, DeFi Weekly, which uh, Kerwin Coley writes. And I think Wi-Fi was like a big project that he was hyping at the time. So I invested there and then obviously like there was that, that meteoric rise and, and the guy kind of really being the, the vocal the vocal voice of it on Twitter was, was blue Kirby. Right. So I saw that he started putting out kind of a, a daily newsletter and I was like, Hey man, like, it's not much, but a few years ago I, I did the, the summaries for show notes for Bitcoin cash. But as well, I think I, I could take, take a load off your shoulders a bit. I know you're a busy guy. And then we just started kind of talking. And, and that led to the, the newsletter right there, which is still going strong uh, a few months later.
0: So tell me Bitcoin Cash. So you've been in here for a while. So what were you doing for Bitcoin Cash?
1: Yeah, so that was, it was really, you know, one of my buddies was doing the, the podcast for them. And he just needed help kind of with, with the summarizing kind of the episodes, putting them together. And then the show notes went on the actual episode itself. And then the website, it was super, super small, like very minor. It was almost like a, like an internship, if you will. It only lasted, you know, maybe a few months, but that was like, that was actually my, like my second foray into contributing. And then I did even, even before that, like in 2017, there was a uh an altcoin called bounty zero x and i had very briefly like helped them out with some some comms marketing stuff as well so i kind of like dabbled in things over the years but now this is the first time i'm like seriously contributing to, to various projects i would say
0: awesome so what what is the uh, the wi-fi pulse what what's your goal
1: yeah, Wi-Fi Pulse is, is is super, super simple. It's it's just a daily newsletter that's kind of a, a roundup of the, the day's events. So we take a look at the various product releases, governance updates, what people are saying in the community, what the media is saying about Wi-Fi. And then I, I throw in a, a random article as well here and there. So it's super simple. I don't even really write anything, honestly. It's just kind of aggregating all the various links, throwing them together. And I think people just like it. It's a, it's a super quick digest. You can literally read it in 30 seconds and you have a better idea of, of what's going on in the ecosystem.
0: Great. So yeah, definitely definitely something people should check out. I think it's very helpful and uh, definitely more protocols need daily newsletters. I think it's just a good piece of content to share with your audience.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's no... And and with that one, I mean, there's, there's no there's no end goal. Like I work, I work pretty closely with the, the various members of the, you know, the Wi-Fi comms team. And it, it's really just about, again, updating the community. I mean, I think it'd be really cool. I think me, me and you have spoken about this as well. Um, kind of trying to grow it into, you know, in the future, maybe more, more DeFi projects, as you mentioned, I'm sure there's a lot that want kind of daily updates. So maybe in the, in the future, kind of expanding it, but for now, yeah, it's 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 awesome to just kind of do the, the Wi-Fi pulse, and it's given me some good exposure. It's helped me meet some people in the community. Like Andre retweeted it last night, for example, so that was really cool. Um, so so yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's just consistent, like just daily, like plugging away at it, and then it, it grows over time. I'm sure that you you've seen the same thing with the with the YouTube channel.
0: Of course, absolutely. What is what was or is i don't know your relationship with the blue kirby what was your experience of him
1: i don't i mean i have only positive things to say as i said he he got me my start in the in the defi world here and just the the relationship again emerged from me helping him out with the the newsletter and i think that i i showed that i could be kind of disciplined just very simply show up and and do it every day and and be trustworthy. And then that led ultimately when they needed someone to do kind of comms and operations and a bunch of like random things for for scene house. I was recommended by him, the members of the team. And then once I kind of got started and, and started helping out, just like writing stuff, very quickly they were like, All right, you could you could help out with other things too. So only only positive things to say, as I said, got me my got me my start and I enjoy working with him. And now he's back with scene as well. So helping out with, with marketing, with high level strategy. I mean, he's a, he's a really smart guy. He's very, very, very talented when it comes to marketing as well. So only positive things to say. I did not know that. Is that a, is that an alpha leak right there? No, no. He was, he was voted back in by the, by the community about a month ago, I would say now got it um before
0: before we uh move on to scene i just wanted to ask you like one last question about wi-fi um what and and just you know from someone who you know started from the outside and is kind of looking in at this community i guess you were an early investor but you weren't you know involved other than sure being proactive maybe what is your best advice for people who want to get involved in any DAO or, you know, any community like YFI? I
1: think, I think, it, I think Andre kind of tweeted something about this as, as well. He said, like, hey, there's, you know, there's no resumes here. There's nothing like that. You just kind of got to, like, if you, if you see something and you want to get involved, like, whether you just send an article, right? If you want to be a writer, send them an article. Hey, I, Hey, guys, I wrote this check it out. I mean, if you're a coder, I, I would imagine you contribute on, I know they have some, some really cool things I've, I've written, put them in the, in the pulse about them, about the kind of getting started, that they want, like, they want to recruit, like a lot of developers as well. So trying to contribute on, on different strategies of dropping, like your, your links to your GitHub and whatnot. If you're a web designer, throwing some maybe mock-ups that you have for, for UIs, I think that it, it comes down to initiative. Like, this is not, like, they don't care. Like, no one cares about your resume, kind of where you're from, how old you are. If you could do the work, like, they're more than happy to have you. And, and every team kind of needs help right now in, in different areas. So you got to just take the initiative and, and start bugging people with, with your skills and, and show you can do the work and, and good things will happen.
0: hundred percent. You just got to start working. That's the key. And yeah, most there's, people... There's no... Most people are not willing to. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it, it's, it's little. I mean, just, yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not like your traditional, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of college kids, like kids that freshly graduated and they're used to the, again, like send my resume and, and meet with the hire manager, this, that like, if you, if you show you could do the work, like you'll go from being like doing absolutely nothing to they'll have you doing important things like a week later, uh, again, cause a lot of people need help right now. And, and there's, there's few people that take the initiative to actually kind of show up every day and, and do the work.
0: Why do you think that this kind of framework exists? I mean, is this something that is kind of an innovation that comes along with crypto or does this exist in like in other places?
1: I think so. I think a lot of it, I mean, I think one of the things that drew me kind of to the, to the urine ecosystem that that was interesting. And I remember talking to to Blue Kirby about it a few months ago. was like, it's, there's a bunch of strangers from all across the world. No one knows who each other is, anything like that. And everyone's like working and, and collaborating and actually like getting shit done more effectively than people at, at my actual company. Are getting shit done and it's not like everyone's on kind of salaries getting consistent paychecks like the only thing that ties everyone together is hey we we all want this this coin this protocol to succeed so i think that that is is really cool and i think that another again like my favorite aspect of it is like hey the the resume thing so no one cares kind of who you are or where you came from like if, if you can do what we're asking of you right now like that's that's all that matters and then you kind of build up your reputation from there because again it's a, it's a small community so if you could say hey i helped yearn out i wrote like three blog posts for yearn there's a new project that pops up they're like all right you're a communications guy and then it just it kind of flows from there and then by the end of this cycle by when if you stick with it by the by the next cycle like all of a sudden you're the head of comms for for x protocol and then you've built that clout in the, in the crypto community much faster than you could, let's say, if you went into the regular startup world, tried to work for, for Google or whatnot.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. It's, it's an exciting thing. It's pretty interesting that anyone from anywhere could just start participating. And you could, if you're just good enough, you could just, okay, you're the marketing guy now good luck yeah and
1: it's not yeah it's it's not even like you don't even need to again you don't need to have like a crazy like my background is not comms or operations or anything but if you just if you could just do it then you prove that you could do it and then all of a sudden like hey you're you're an operations guy and then you say hey i did ops for for wi-fi like let me help you guys out And the next thing you know you're working for a few different protocols and you're just getting all that experience
0: so yeah, tell me about Scene, um, how, how you got involved over there, and a bit about what the mission is of that project.
1: Yeah, so I got involved uh, a few months back now, and again, like I was I was doing the Wi-Fi pulse, Blue Kirby needed some help again with, with comms and, and someone kind of doing operations work, like handling, handling the back end of things, making sure that everything was just running smoothly. So he reached out to me, asked if I could help out. And then I, I joined the team back in like October, I would say, and then scene house itself. So what, what we're building there is, is the, the auction house of the future. So the ideal version that we're striving towards is like a decentralized version of, of Sotheby's, like the famous auction house over in the UK. So everything that we auction, whether it's a a collectible, whether it's a piece of artwork, whether it's a pair of sneakers, it's paired with an NFT. And then that's also linked all together by a, by a QR code. So there's a, a QR code on the, on the NFT, on the actual physical painting. And then that links them together so that, you know, Hey, I'm Jigsaw. This is my painting. I own it. It's proved on the blockchain. So it it prevents fraud. It, It has a nice track of ownership. And then you also get a cool NFT with, with each collectible that you get on the platform.
0: Why do we have a lot of questions, but why do we even need this? Like, why, why do we need a decentralized version of Sotheby's?
1: Well, I think that it, it comes it comes down to cutting out the middleman. Number one, I mean, I know that like with the original kind of vision that they that they had for for the project, there are a lot of resellers just on things like Rarible and whatnot, where they just kind of scoop up your art and then it's it's automatically put up for resale. So this was a a goal to allow the artists to kind of set their own price, get directly to their audience and not have to deal with any sort of resellers kind of coming in, swooping in and, and taking the, taking the, the art away from the actual true investors and then going to more of like a traditional problem, just with, with something like the, the artwork itself, it's always been hard to, to make, to, to track ownership. Right. So, being able to scan it with the QR code, pop up with the NFT. You know, hey, this was owned by Jigsaw previously. It was owned by uh, Gabriel. Before that, it was owned by Armando, and so on and so forth down the down the list. Tracks the ownership, and then you also you get a, a sweet NFT with it as well. So you get a digital representation. I know that with COVID and everything, if you if you think about it, it's it's hard to if if you're an art collector, I'm sure there's a lot of people who part of the reason they bought the art is they want to show it off in their houses. Right. So I think that what we're, what we're trying to do kind of next year, and I've seen some tweets about it as well is you have essentially the art that you have in your house. Right. And if it's all linked to NFTs, then you could also potentially have a sort of digital gallery where people could still see, Oh, you have this art it's in your house, but it's a, it's a good way to show it off digitally as well. And either, you know, I'm not sure if we build out, our own platform on scene. I know there's a lot of cool like VR galleries that exist as well, but I think that's kind of like the next step in, in bridging the the physical digital.
0: Yeah, one cool thing that I saw was the, they have crypto voxels, I think, where they have those like, where is Yes, it? yes, you've, yes. You've heard of like the museum of, of crypto art yes. or something like that? Have you checked that I've out at of, all?
1: I, I've heard of a lot of that stuff. I I know that some of the members of our team were like, hey, we gotta get on this. We gotta make either a gallery on the site or we gotta get in this. I think CryptoVox was it was the one. They were like, hey, we gotta get Scene House like on here. I haven't checked it out too much though. I think that one of the big things that I've been I've been focusing on with, with Scene is 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 trying to worry about like what's what's in front of me. So what's in front of me is Hey, we got to get these auctions live. We got to communicate with the artists. We got to get the the the, pro, the promotion material ready. So it's it's mostly been about the like the day to day. I've tried to not get too distracted because there's so much there's so much things like like we just talked about like the crypto boxes, like digital galleries that they sound really really cool in in theory, but they kind of distract you from from the main goals. So I haven't dove too deeply into them, but I think that's definitely something that that I do want to learn more about
0: um so explain to me again
1: how the ownership
0: like the verifiability works because let's i mean okay let's say i scan you know whatever thing that i get Mm -hmm. how does it connect to the digital one i mean because Mm. like i can skip Right. You put a barcode on something and I can link it to whatever website I want. Right. Like, so how, how do sure. we actually make sure it's like real? Right?
1: Yeah. So we have the the actual QR code that we embed into the into the NFT, And then we have the QR code that's embedded both in the actual artwork itself, as well as the certificate of authenticity that we issue as well. So all three have the QR code, our team, we're the ones that actually, we have all three in front of us, boom, boom, boom. We link them together. And then after the auction ends, we send out the COA with the the artwork. And then you're also just issued the NFT directly after the after the auction ends. So everything is, is linked that way. And then, yeah, there's, you just literally go on your phone, you scan it and the open see, link will pop up. So it's, it's pretty cool.
0: So tell me about some of the art that you have sold on your platform to date.
1: Yeah. So we, we started off at, and again, what we're, what we're doing here is we're proving out that this, this use case is real, that there's a demand for it. And then what we're transitioning to right now, after we've kind of, I think we've proven out that, that it works as a market for it. Now we're transitioning into into decentralizing it. So just giving the protocol to the community and then we'll step back and, and we'll obviously be users of the protocol, but the goal is to kind of give everything to the, the community that we have so that the, the artists can go on, they could stake scene, they could run auctions, you know, it's just code. So anyone could kind of jump in and participate. And then on the flip side, anyone who wants to participate in the auctions can stake scene and participate as well. That's the that's the vision for kind of the, the short-term future. So that again it's fully decentralized. But for for now again we had to prove out that that it works before even getting to that step. So what we started out with was scene branded collector's cards. So Buddy Art, our lead designer, he created cards that actually there's some, some Wi-Fi connection. So I believe it was like Andre <laughs> riding a, riding a horse, for example, that was like the, to the moon collector's card. So that came again, physical digital that was auctioned off. And then we did like a, a scene branded hoodie, for example, that had the, the QR code embedded, obviously NFTs are, are paired to all of these. So those were, those are really cool. Those are like the first few auctions and then phase two, was was actual artists. So the the first artist that we did was was bust Art. Second artist we just finished was a One Penny Piece. He does some really cool stencils on banknotes. And then the artist that we have going live on on Wednesday tomorrow is You. So these are all artists from the from the real world. They're, they're street artists, they're contemporary artists and and they either some of them like Penny, for example, knows has really good crypto knowledge. Like he's like a, you know, he's been dabbling in the space for quite some time now, but most of these guys are are just like kind of everyday people who have, have been impacted by, by COVID. They they, they can't run their, their galleries anymore. They can't do exhibitions. So they're looking to get more exposure. And then even regardless of COVID, these artists, they, they want to be a part of the new wave, right? So NFTs, um, just crypto in general is, is new and exciting to them. So they just want to get involved. So I think that what we're, what kind of makes us unique is we are taking kind of these artists and bringing them onto the blockchain. So real world artists that have never done anything crypto related. So, so that's really cool. And I think that's the, the niche that we're carving out for ourselves.
0: How do you... A, market to new artists, and B, educate them about crypto.
1: Yeah, so we ha- we're lucky in that we have a few team members who come from the, the traditional art space. So people who are very similar to the artists themselves, who were, who were painting in real life, and then they kind of saw the, the Rarible boom if you will over the summer and then they transitioned into into selling nfts themselves so buddy for example who i mentioned jiggly buff who's a, another member of the team so they have a lot of connections with these real world artists and galleries so that's where we where we started out and just reaching out to them saying hey guys you know we we want to auction off one of your pieces and then we we put together some really good explainer videos just on just basically like a resource guide of, of what is crypto, what is ETH, things like that. And then explainers on what is scenehouse. And they kind of get it, right? They're, it's, it's, it's not that it's rocket science, right? It's, it's just your typical auction platform. So that's easy to understand. I'm sure they don't understand the intricacies of crypto, but they, all they gotta know is, hey, they gotta download MetaMask, they gotta buy some ETH, send it to their wallet, they can bid on the, on the auctions here. And then it's interesting i mean most of the people that again everything is is everything is is run on top of ethereum right so when the auction does end and the artist gets eth from the auction most of them have have held on to it right and have been part of the kind of the rise over the last few weeks so that's been pretty cool as well
0: yeah very interesting uh to i don't know i guess convince them or encourage them to look closer at this platform. Is there any other benefits to the artist aside from, I mean you mentioned a few already, but COVID, obviously there's restrictions on physical art galleries. Um, but I mean, of course you could do a fiat option site, but is there anything that's, you know, particularly um, exciting from the artist perspective that wants that, that gets them excited about participating in this way?
1: I think that what what gets them excited is the fact that you have a, a new generation of collectors that's kind of emerging right here. So especially when you have kind of the crossover between people who are very engaged in crypto and, and super big on like NFTs art, most not, you know, maybe not most, but you know, a, a lot of people are, are making good money right now, right. in the markets. So they're in their late twenties, early thirties. They're, they're interested in, in buying nice art for their apartments, for their houses. So they're, they're looking to, to dabble in the, in the art scene. So this is a good way for artists out there, to get in front of these people right now, kind of build those relationships. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone in their 30s finds an artist that they love and they start buying their art for for years to come. So I think it's a it's a good way, not not just getting exposure to a new audience, but a, a new audience of the kind of the collectors of tomorrow, the people who are going to be kind of coming back for for years buying art and whatnot again, because people are stepping into into a lot of money right now with these, with these prices of, of Bitcoin and ETH.
0: One thing that I always try to explain to people who don't know anything about crypto is this idea that NFTs allow artists skin in the game in the sense that if there's a resale of their art, then they can get part of the proceeds. I don't know if you have that set up on your platform, but on Rarible, for example, um, I think that's a pretty nice feature because it allows the artists to invest in their brand right so if they sell sure. a art piece for a thousand dollars and they continue to work and you know they produce more and more art and then that piece that sold for a thousand dollars gets resold you know two three four five years down the line for ten thousand they, they have some residual and that allows them the freedom to you know continue to work on whatever they're passionate about
1: Sure. Yeah, we we have not released anything like that. I think that's more of something again that would be a little bit down the road in terms of building out like our own sort of reseller platform, if you will. But I, I definitely agree. I think that that is something that's that's really cool for for these artists, whether they're a musician, whether they're actually doing the the NFTs or, or the paintings or whatnot you can kind of track it all the way down the line You can get credit for it. So I think that that is something that is, again, when, when you kind of talk to your, to your parents and they're like, digital art sounds dumb, it's, that's like a good kind of old school uh, objection handle that you could do. I mean, it's, it's true, right? Like uh, you could track the ownership, people can get credit for it. So there are real world problems that we are solving here. We're not just looking at, at gifts on a, on a computer as, as many say.
0: Do you have any like one-liners or points that really strike people in that way? And like a very digestible story as to why you know crypto art is valuable? Any anyone that you've had like a good reaction from, you know, newcomers
1: I think that in terms of the in terms of the, like the digital art itself, I don't know if I have any one-liners per se, but I think that the, the best, again, it's, 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 it's really hard, especially if someone, again, is a little bit older to convince them of the value of the, the digital art itself. Cause again, they're gonna hit you with like, it's, it's just a gif like I could screenshot it, I could copy and paste it, all those, all those ones you got to kind of go back to the the ones again that I, I kind of mentioned earlier I would say where it's like hey how do you know that the, the Mona Lisa in your house is is yours like what is the the ownership like wouldn't it be much cooler if you could just scan it and it literally pops up and it shows you the entire record of ownership kind of down the line and I think that they would kind of all agree on that and especially if you start talking about the the amount of fraud that exists in the art space and again I, I have my 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 uh, little career in the art world started like two months ago right when i started with scenes. so I'm, I'm not an expert by any means but i think that you got to kind of revert back to those those more logical arguments when when trying to have these sorts of conversations and and just like the one that you mentioned as well with the artist getting a piece of every resale the musicians i think that's the best way that you kind of approach it to someone who comes from the more traditional world
0: yeah i like to i bought an nft Um, from on nifty gateway a couple months Mm. ago and i i like to show it to people and i'm like i own this and they're like what yeah
1: (laughs) yeah 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 it's weird man it's weird like yeah the nft i i i i mean i started dabbling in the summer too and i was like buying like whale shark. I started following him. I joined like that, that discord. And I was like, all right, he's, he's doing some drops. And he was like, if you want to, if you have 500 whale tokens, you could be in my group and then you could participate in these drops. And I was like, Oh shit. I was like, if I'm in this exclusive club and he drops it, like I could definitely get like a good piece. And and I think I bought something for like, I forget. It was probably a few ETH at the time. I don't even remember, but it was like a thousand dollars I think in total. Like USD wise, and and there was just like no resale market or anything for them, and I was like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, what did I just buy here? I was like, there. So that was that's like one of my, I think, like the 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 lack of liquidity. Like if you if you buy an NFT, in most cases, I think it's gonna be hard to to flip it right away. Um, I'm sure there's there's obviously a lot of instances where that's not the case, but there's so many nfts on rarible on OpenSea, it's like it's overwhelming so it's it's hard to figure out like what's worth something what's not and i think that's why like people like well shark are are doing really well because he kind of again is guiding a lot of people through the the nft world and he's just like hey i know there's a mess out there just follow me and and i'll 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 lead you the right way so i think that stuff is cool i think that in my opinion like other than seeing obviously my favorite NFT related project NBA Top Shot they're, it's made by are you familiar with them yeah yeah they they are so good but I mean, uh, they're, explain, they're did explain it
0: because i think it's kind of an interesting product
1: yeah so so NBA NBA Top Shot they it's made by Dapper Labs they are the people who did CryptoKitties they have a collaboration with the NBA the basketball association and they essentially take various players' moments. So Steph Curry shooting a three-pointer, LeBron doing a dunk, and they turn them into digital trading cards called, called moments. So the highlights are, are called moments, and they're, and they're tradable. You know, there's, there's common ones, there's rare ones, there's legendary ones. Obviously, the more you go up those tiers, the, the harder they are to, to find and get a hold of. But it's it's crazy, man. If you check out the site, um, it's it's a great user experience. You could buy packs, and there's a whole unopening experience that feels like you're you're kind of opening it in person. They they do drops every now and again, and they literally sell out in seconds. And again, you're 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 trading these cards for for real money. I know someone who made forty thousand dollars just kind of flipping the cards off the platform. So it's it's pretty crazy, and I think it's it's blowing up like the NBA is starting to promote it hard. And I think it's, it's really helping a new generation of of really, really young kids. Like my little brother is in high school and he is starting to dabble with it as well. And now he's like all about ETH and everything. So I think it's a good, it's a good onboarding for crypto.
0: Yeah. That's, I think the key thing that it's not apparent that it's built on ethereum
1: yeah it's not it's not which is really cool and again like you you can use credit cards and you could use kind of all your traditional things the way that again like the eth network can be especially if you have like one of these drops sell out in seconds right so what i was doing was like funding the the dapper labs balance with my eth wallet so you would do it like ahead of time transaction would go through and then your your money is just like in the wallet there and then you could again like just participate in the drops to do whatever but i didn't want the the network congestion to, to slow me down but yeah you have the option to either pay with things in crypto or pay with with usd whatever you got so that one is is really cool but yeah it's it's and even i was like wait is this is this a crypto pro-? i couldn't even tell i was like is this a crypto project i was like i don't even see any really mention of of eth or anything on here but yeah that's that's kind of and again like when people say oh like the like eth will never go mainstream or like people aren't going to know that they're using crypto platforms right just like in the case with with nba top show the good ones like you're not even going to know right so i think that's really cool yeah, that's
0: absolutely the holy grail
1: of crypto to have people just even
0: unaware that they're using crypto and it's kind of just a seamless
1: experience. And they're like, oh, this is cool. Exactly. Um, exactly. That was like, passes like, I guess, like the, the Turing test, if you will. If people don't, you know what I mean? Like the, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but people have no idea that they're even, like, don't know that they're talking to a robot but, or an, or AI, whatever it is another you than the crypto platform
0: yeah because if you ever say ethereum to anyone they'll run away from you
1: so just in yeah, case. yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> especially uh, i i can't believe those the gas fees are it's like painful i have like i i know a few like theory like not even ethereum devs just if you're if you're a developer like in the crypto space i've been paying like dude like what is good with this like are we gonna is is this is this it like they can't fix this with the v2 or, or whatnot again i have zero tactical chops whatsoever so i ask them a lot of dumb questions but i don't know man it's like a hundred dollars to, to force a transaction through on uniswap when my one of my trades is going very poorly
0: uh yeah definitely it's you have to be very comfortable with your positions At least that's my opinion, unless you want Hmm. to, unless you want to, unless you have a lot of capital, honestly, (laughs) right? So for me, I don't really try to trade that much because I'm not good at it. And I really don't want to be in a situation where I have to do, where I have to make an action on Ethereum.
1: 100%. Yeah, I need to, I need to be more like that. I think that I've been going through like waves. I think over the summer, I was definitely all about it. And then once kind of the DeFi mini bubble popped a bit, I, I settled down. And then I think once kind of the farming started back up with these, like these algo coins a few, like a month and a half ago, I would say, a month ago, like I started kind of getting back into it, but I got to stop, man. I, i I'd much rather prefer to just kind of, you know, buy and hold a few just Bitcoin ETH pretty much. and, and, take some opportunistic shots here and there, but I, I don't like trading. I'm not good at it either.
0: Tell me your favorite algo stable coin.
1: I think, I mean, ESD is the, is the most legit, I would say. Like, I mean, I, I know that I have some friends who are like super high on, on fracks, for example, right now. Again, I have zero technical background. All I go based off of is like the, the medium articles, like what I see in the, in the discords, and then who's like working on a project. So, um, you know, I know a few members of the, of the team who are building out like the V2 of ESD and they're really smart guys. So I don't think they would be investing kind of like their time and their social capital into it. If they didn't think it was, it was going to be a big thing in the future. So I think that like ESD is the one I've done kind of the most homework on and frax a little bit too. Uh, but but I've dabbled in in some of the other um, like DSD for example like ESG there's been a lot of forks and clones I've dabbled in some of them as well but uh, ESD reminds me a lot of of kind of Wi-Fi right it was like kind of like burst onto the scene it got a lot of attention then all these kind of clones appeared I know that like the the OG that started it off like this craze was was Basis was Basis Cash. A few weeks ago or months ago now, um, but, but yeah, ESD is kind of the one that I've, I've done the most homework on. And that, again, I know some some smart people that are working on it. So I think that that is, is my, I would guess call it like my favorite right now, but again, I don't know if these, these things, who knows that they're going to succeed, like they're super, super experimental. So always gotta be careful.
0: Yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't farmed any stable coins yet. But um, maybe I should. <laughs> I don't know.
1: It's... Yeah, dude, I mean, they're not—they're not very stable. That's for sure. Um, I know. <laughs> they're not they're not stable. They're not stable.
0: Last I checked, they're getting hammered at this moment. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm um, sure.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that again, like one or two, they're gonna emerge and kind of be. And again, we again, you just like you just want it to go to one dollar, right? It's not even like you want. Um, you want it to like be like ethan go to 10k just like hey man just go to a dollar and 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 help me not be wrecked uh so like there's there's a lot of people that like you know for for dsd for example like a lot of people bought in at the the very top it was at like three dollars and then it crashed to, to 20 cents so they're just like hey man like i if you go to like the discord and telegram there's people just like every day just like are we getting back to a dollar yet like that's all it's all anyone wants Man,
0: people buying a stable coin at $3 seems like s- such a bad idea.
1: Although well, the, the, re- the reward, I mean, it was printing like the most absurd, like every two hours you were essentially getting 10%. So it was very, very uh, huge dopamine hit. Like every, you know, you put in 10k and all of a sudden on paper, it's like worth 100k literally the next day. So everyone kind of FOMOed in there. And then obviously the assumption was that, Oh, I'm going to be able to sell this for $1. But when everyone thinks that, then all of a sudden you're selling it for, for 10, 20 cents. I know there was this, uh, this one Zai, which was another one that was kind of rising astronomically. And I think they had a bug in their code and it just started printing like unlimited amounts of, of Zai and kind of like, they're calling like the Zimbabwe stable coin. And then, all of a sudden, like everyone got super wrecked. I think that, you know, it's at like five, 10 cents now.
0: Oh God, infinite printer jam. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, uh, I wanted to uh, ask something about scene. I had seen you, there was a Bastiat
1: painting mm. from the account
0: is that uh maybe t- tell me about that
1: yeah what's and again keep in mind i i really don't have too much of of the art background here i'm colorblind like i rely on the other guys oh you're colorblind related. <laughs> yeah, so i'm not dude i'm not i'm not the best like like i'm trying to help out jordan's nft they're like dude you got the wrong color so yeah i tried like tracing a, 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 even they were like dude just trace 'Cause we need to get like a custom box for the Jordans that we're we're auctioning off a pair of Jordans in a few weeks. Um like I they're like you just trace the box and I couldn't even dude, I I I butchered that too. So in the art design, I I lean on these guys, right? Um but for the the Basquiat, what's what's tough about them from what I understand is it's very hard to get them verified. Like you need to get his estate to to actually confirm that they're legit. So with the one that we were offered, I think, you know, we were having trouble getting that verification and because of the, because that we couldn't confirm it hundred percent, we were like, let's hold off for now. Let's maybe try to find a different one. So we had some verification hiccups, but, um, you know, it's not to say that I think we we've been offered a few other ones. Like we've come across a few other ones over the last few weeks. So it's still on the table, but you just got to be careful because, it's very hard to, to confirm that they're legit.
0: So what is the process of choosing different pieces?
1: So for the, I think the, for the artists them themselves, again, we're, we're kind of relying on those real world relationships that the team has built. So the, the various galleries, the artists, they kind of understand what we're looking for and I think that it's, and again, like the the street art, like the contemporary artists and, and, and people could go on the site and kind of check it out. You could see that a lot of it is not, not similar, but I mean, the, the themes, a lot of it revolves around like money, for example, like a lot of it looks like very kind of like the, the Banksy and cause type artists, like the, which I think appeal to people like in our demographic, like twenties, thirties, like those types of people. So we're, kind of curating, again, based off like the real relationships that we have. And then we also have, we, we, we just released about a week ago, like a launch pad. So that's where new artists, people that would typically auction art on, on Rarible, for example, or OpenSea, not even auction, just kind of list their art there. Um, we're allowing them to kind of submit their work. And we're going to select, you know, one per week, one every other week. And then list them on the platform, let them run their own auction. So the first one that we got is is a is an artist that I think has has a lot of potential. His name is Sushi Nobi, and then he is collabing with a lot of money, big big guy on on in crypto Twitter in kind of the NFT world. So they're doing a a card of their own, and they're going to be auctioning it. So I'm I'm optimistic on the launch, but I think it's going to be a good way to to put the spotlight on up and coming artists. So excited about, about that one. So there's the combination of the two. You have your traditional artists and then the launch pad. And, and we do look to acquire kind of collectibles as well. But I think that it, it makes more sense to focus on getting those traditional artists onto the blockchain, highlighting the, the newer artists. The collectibles is, is definitely really cool though. And, and it's gonna be like a, 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 an important segment of what we do but not the the main focus. Like the the main one that we're doing in the collectible world are the Jordans. So ultra rare pair of Jordans. I think Jay-Z is one of only like 20 people in the world to own them. And he rocks them like pretty consistently. You could see him wearing them out and stuff. So I think that that's gonna be really cool for people. And the NFT is gonna be awesome as well. The person that we brought onto the NFT has done work with Adidas and a few other shoe companies in the past. So I think the NFT he's putting together is gonna be awesome and then obviously like the basquiat that you mentioned uh, we've we've looked at some cause paintings i mean i went <laughs> i went in person to to a gallery to look at a cause and it was like i think the, the price tag was like 850k and i was just like um, yeah this is awesome like it was it was awkward like obviously she knew that i had zero like zero possibility of dropping 850k on it but i mean it was it was a cool experience but yeah i mean we're definitely looking for collectibles as well. Um, and they would be either like Banksy or Cause, Basquiat, like one of those artists that kind of everyone knows.
0: So, I mean, how did you get the Jordans? I mean, someone just bought them, someone from the team just bought them and they're like, we're going to auction off?
1: No, I think that we, one of our, one of the, the members of our team had, had, struck up kind of a relationship with someone on crypto twitter and he happened to be a, a collector so again the the way we we started talking to him he he's got a bunch of stuff the jordan's stuck out i think that a lot of of people in on crypto twitter are, are kind of sneaker heads as well so we arranged where we kind of do like hey we're gonna we're gonna split the the auction you know, you come to terms he sent the jordan's over here and then we're going to put them on the platform and obviously send them out after the only thing we're waiting on the, the NFT. So again, we're, we got someone with actual kind of sneaker experience and then getting kind of a, a custom box made so that they don't, it's not like just your tr- traditional pair of sneakers that you pick up at, at finish line or, or Nike or whatnot.
0: And you guys will ship anywhere in the world
1: yeah we will ship anywhere i think that for so for something like the the collectibles we're gonna have to ship ourselves like if it's seen branded we gotta ship ourselves but what's cool again working with kind of the the galleries the artists is that when the auction ends they handle the the logistics and the shipping of their own their own art as well i think that's the move it's just less of less of a hassle and they can kind of control that experience as well like if if you put hours and hours and hours into a piece of art, like you're gonna to wanna to make sure that it's packed properly, shipped properly. So I think that they like controlling that experience as well, kind of for their their end, end client.
0: Gotcha, cool. So how is your platform making money?
1: Yeah, so we take a percentage of each auction. So the buyer, the buyer does not pay any fees whatsoever. Obviously they're going to have to pay for gas, which again, I'm sure was relatively frustrating, but I mean, if you really wanted the piece of art, then maybe not, but everything is, is on top of Ethereum, right? So the auction system is built on Ethereum. So the bids are actually smart contracts, and then the, the scene multi-sig takes a, a percentage goes into the, the treasury and again, that is all going to be given to the, to the community, right? So the team has no tokens, for example. Um, you know, the, the funds are used to either acquire art. It's used to, to pay the team members. But everything is approved by the, the multi-sig. And again, all of that, the treasury, everything is going to be given to the community once we kind of hash out scene v2 like that's the next move i would say is, is moving towards that faster than we anticipated because again we're we're growing fast we, we're getting some traction here so that's like the main priority i would say right now
0: and what are the tokenomics of you know the scene token as a holder do i you know am i entitled to a percent of, of that revenue or that profit or whatever
1: yeah so once again the once i would say the the community can vote on that right like the the right now it's it's your it's your governance token you're a what we're what we've done is we've issued votes where people could vote on like the different designs of the like the hoodie like the swing tag like obviously we had the the kirby vote in so i think the next like kind of vote that we'll put up even like this week is hey we've had all these launch pad submissions like choose Two artists that you'd like to see on the platform next week. So, the token is is right now more about like governing the actual, the the platform itself, like putting, choosing the artists, choosing the the collectibles, things like that, curating the the platform, if you will. And then what they'll be able to do again once it's it's kind of fully decentralized is say, hey, we want okay, thirty percent of all auctions are going to go to scene holders. So once it's decentralized can do something like that. And then I think also staking scene to run auctions. So, Hey, I'm an artist. If you're an artist, you, you need to stake 5,000 scene and you can participate in an auction art on the, on the platform there. So that's something they could do. And then ideally for people that want to participate in the auctions, they either have to use scene or most likely stake scene, and then they could use ether whatnot to, to do it. So. I would say those are, are kind of the big three things, but yeah, the, the revenue sharing will definitely come more into play once it's given to the community and they can decide, Hey, this is the amount that we want and take it from there.
0: Cool. Cool. So what, is there any, um, are, are there any projects outside of scene that you're particularly excited about, or maybe you're involved with other ones or. Anything anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, most of my time is kind of spent, um, you know, working on scene again, like the newsletter, a few hours a day as well. As I said before, I've been kind of messing around with a lot of the the Algo stable coins of late. I mean, just trying my luck, luck at those. So I haven't really come across like any sort of, of new projects lately, I would say that, that really jump out at me. I mean, again, I don't know like the feasibility of these, these algo projects. So again, they're, they're super experimental. I'm not sure how long they'll, they'll be around, but I think that like, like I mentioned before, like top shot is NBA top shot. If you're, if you're a basketball fan or just like into trading cards or even just into like buying and flipping, I think that it's really cool because it's a super immature market and there's a lot of inefficiencies kind of across the board. So you can get in there and make, again, a couple thousand dollars each month, kind of just buying and flipping once you get the hang of it. So I recommend sending out Top Shot, especially for not even if you just like the NBA, but people that are, are kind of skeptical of, of NFTs in general, because you'll see like they do a really good job. It's, it's a good user experience. And I think it's going to be a light bulb moment for, for a lot of people out there.
0: Are there any uh, content creators? You mentioned Kerman um, inside of crypto or outside that you particularly enjoy or you like to follow?
1: I know you had him on the other day. Caesar. I think his voiceovers are awesome. I know that he was, I like his his YouTube channel. He gives me a lot, both of you guys give me a lot of good stuff for, for Wi-Fi pulse. So I would definitely recommend checking, checking him out. He's got some good explainer videos. Um, I honestly, I like, Uh, I like Masari a lot for the, I think it's super affordable as well for people. It's really good. It's got a lot of good content on there. You can kind of spend hours and hours digging through everything that they have there. I just signed up for another one, I think two nights ago by Nick Chong. I think it's called Alpha Leak. Not sure the exact name, but um, that one's really good. It's just, it's relatively new. So there's not too much content in there, but, but that one is good as well and and I just kind of stalk crypto Twitter looking for for threads and whatnot um, but but yeah I think that that those are kind of the some of the ones that that I follow I haven't been like reading too much like long form content if you will because things just move kind of so fast I think that if you get too caught up in the in the narratives and whatnot you can get distracted but yeah, man, I, I kind of, I, crypto Twitter is definitely the go-to place. And then I got a few other ones that I, I dabble in as well. Nick
0: Chong is pretty cool. He's doing these like whale threads, whale watching threads. Yeah, yeah,
1: those are, those are dope. Yeah, th- th- I think those, that's like the best, that's like, again, like whether it's podcasts or YouTube videos or, or those types of threads, I think those are like the best content and they're all free. Like I know like Suzu has done some really good podcasts as well that are like very big brain, like definitely go way over my head, but you can feel yourself kind of getting smarter as you, as you read them. I think that there's some good blog posts they put out as well recently. So I I think a lot of the best content out there is free, honestly. Uh, It's just about kind of having a good filtering mechanism and, and, and sifting through it appropriately. But yeah, I think that like, there's, there's those Twitter thread bombshells, like, Redphone crypto puts out really good ones. Um, so you know there, there's a lot of good free content out there. You don't need a million dollars to get like the best research. I've had a Nansen subscription. I've tried I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out honestly. Um, if anyone has good resources, definitely let me know. but I think there's a lot of, a lot of alpha in there as well. but I think that, that that would definitely be a goal of mine to figure out how to, how to use that most effectively.
0: Yeah, the UI of Nansen is quite overwhelming, I would say.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, yeah, so um, I, I don't know if I kind of asked you this, but like, are there any projects that you're interested in? You you mentioned the Algo, Stablecoin, Scene, Wi-Fi, but beyond that, not really.
1: Yeah, not, honestly, like not um, not too much. At the moment, yeah. Again, like the past month or so, I've been kind of dabbling with with all the different kind of algo coins that do pop up. Uh, obviously, you have like your other your other algo like Sushi, for example. I mean, they just keep like building and shipping out updates, new things, like crazy stuff. So I think like Sushi obviously is is a really really good project. Uh, and then even like again like you're more and they sound like basic, but like just chain link and I've been using like compound a lot. So comp like, I think that it's cool to actually like use platforms like compound and you really understand like, holy shit, like I could get a loan right now for in, in literally seconds, like it's pretty crazy. So I think that like going beyond what, what's cool about this, this market compared to 2017 is like, you see these coins every day, whether it's Wi-Fi, compound, Ave. like should actually go and like use the protocols um, and you could see kind of like the magic at work whereas in the past it was just like you were reading the white paper and you were imagining like oh this would be sick if it actually worked but every everyone's kind of shipping and, and building real things so it's it's good to to look at the valuable coins and then actually experiment with what they got and, and you'll see that oh shit this is legit it's not it's not a sham this time
0: yeah 100 it's very it's, you gotta use the protocols you gotta learn what they do that's that's the only way to be involved, or you know, at the at the ground level to have the best to have
1: that experience. Um, yeah, just makes d- you more confident that that, that 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 things are real. I mean, yes, could things get frothy at times? Sure. But I mean, these these um, you know, these protocols aren't going anywhere and it's only going to get better and better from here.
0: If, you, if we can zoom out, maybe look like uh, two, three, four years down the line, is there anything about crypto that gets you particularly excited?
1: I think that what, what gets me kind of most excited about is is touching on, on what, we, what we discussed earlier in terms of like working and, and con- contributing. Like I personally, like commuting, I've always, always hated commuting like I've always hated the kind of office politics of your nine to five and whatnot, Um, kind of everything about like the traditional workplace I, I despise. So what I'm most excited about with crypto is that like you can work for and contribute to like four or five different projects, like work from anywhere, do the things that you were doing in the real world and maybe even do like newer things. Like if you don't have a marketing background, but you've always wanted to do marketing, like you could give it a shot. And again, no one knows your your real name, your resume like if, if you could figure it out and do the work like you will become like the the head of comms, the head of marketing. So you could kind of forge new career paths. And again, like kind of reimagining how we work. Like I said, it's it's crazy to me that these projects are working at a global scale with a bunch of strangers and they're shipping things more effectively than companies where people are getting paid hundred, two hundred thousand dollars 200000 right? So I think that like the way that we're kind of reimagining work here is the most exciting to me, because you could, again, you could get a new, a totally new career, you could work for a handful of different projects, and, you know, get paid more than you do in your in traditional job. And, and yeah, I'm sure that as the bull market kind of dies down, there won't be maybe as many opportunities, but I think that again, it's, it's gonna bounce back. If we do go down again, I think that my biggest regret with the last one is that I kind of just, I abandoned those, those aspirations of working for, for a crypto startup, like, or a, a protocol rather. Uh, I went back to like the traditional world, but you just kind of got to stick it through, right? Because we are kind of reimagining how work is, is done. And I think that that's super exciting, especially if you're someone who's frustrated with like the nine to five life.
0: awesome awesome so what is the best way to get in touch with you
1: honestly man so uh telegram so just like uh at jigsaw01 I think that's the the best place um I I, obviously I got got wi-fi pulse as well it's it's at wi-fi underscore pulse I believe and then scene house is at scene underscore house so you know, I monitor both of those, obviously, but best place is the, is the Telegram. I think I'm, I'm on there pretty much like if I'm awake, I'm on, I'm on Telegram.
0: Awesome. Cool. Cool. All right, Jigsaw. Thank you very much for taking the time today. I'm excited about seeing good luck to you on your project and maybe we can do this again soon.
1: All right. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Looking forward to checking in seeing kind of the updates on the channel here and then yeah i'd love to come back on in a few months give some updates on, on on how we're doing awesome take it easy all right later brother